it's like it's not always going to be you know fabulous or maybe the most interesting every single time yeah you know yeah but that's okay yeah you know sometimes i'll skip a podcast if i don't think it's amazing and then sometimes i'll listen to it if you were to skip one of our podcasts which one would you skip of all we've done uh probably the second one but the, the 90s, 90s. yeah would? i think yeah that one i mean it wasn't bad i think i was just really tired and it took me a while to wake up in the beginning of the podcast that was our second one yeah so you've already started recording i see Oh, I was trying to not show you. I was trying. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. I did notice, and oh, then it's oh. so funny because I can I can tell then how it like makes me feel. Oh, okay. Next time I gotta hide the camera. Because I was listening to the candid camera. Did you hear the candid camera? I did. Yeah. Was it Radio Labs? Uh, it was Radio Lab. Yeah. They said that um, he would uh, he wouldn't tell him he was recording them to get them to to act normal. Because once right. the recording light went on, they acted differently. So he took... Right. When he started... This is Alan Font. When he started interviewing... Um, I think he was on base somewhere in, in Korea, maybe. Or when he would interview military people mm-hmm. just as a radio show, he would they would clam up or be different. Yeah. So he, would, he wouldn't tell them he was recording. Yeah. Okay. There is a difference being recorded when you're talking. Yeah. I mean, I try to be as authentic as I can be, but... I, I can definitely feel like something happens in me physiologically when I see the recording yeah. happening, which is very bizarre. What? Yeah. How, how do you feel when, when you see the record? I think it, well, I don't recording know. Recording begin. I, I don't know how I feel, but it does. I mean, there's um, people act differently when they're being watched. Yeah. So I was going to say, was it last week or the week before when we were recording? Yeah. And... I could tell by how you were talking and your mannerisms and your face that you were talking in a way that you realized you were being recorded. Right. Like it was more of a performance in a sense. Yeah. Even though there's no one here with us. <laughs> but, but I think that's the, that's the, uh, um, uh, oh, never mind. I, I don't, I don't know where, I do well, know what? where I'm going. Well, what are you going to say? So there's a podcast I listened to that's been going for ten years, and uh-huh. they were, refl- and 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 it's uh, they go back. One of their bonus materials is that they go back and then they listen to. The they play the first show like from ten years uh-huh. ago, and then they reflect on it, of how much they've changed, and also oh, how much podcasting has changed. Like their intro right. music is more chill. It used to be. It was like, bam, 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 bam. Let's go, welcome to Nomad. They would do that and they'd make fun of themselves. Right. But they said that's because when podcasts first started, it was highly produced because you wanted to sound like you were a radio DJ. Yeah. But they've said they've noticed that it's changed. Like, it's okay to be more um, chill in your podcast. Not just, uh-huh. the production doesn't have to be so high. Because they talked right. about another guy, Rob Bell, who would just hit, now he had the money to probably make it nice. He would just hit record on QuickTime and start talking. Right. And I noticed too, like there was another podcast I listened to five years ago, and it was terrible audio. Yeah. But their early stuff was the best, and I would put up with the bad audio because the content of the early stuff was really good. Yeah. But as they bought more mics and got better, not that the two are related. I just, to me, it's like it's about what you're saying. It doesn't. It's people will get past. I think I can get past some of the bad production if what you're talking about seems real and not staged. Right. Well, I was thinking that I don't care so much about production yeah 
To me, it doesn't matter. Like I'll hear podcasts and they're talking about, well, if you hear my kids screaming or if you hear the toilet flushing or if you hear the dog barking, you know, I apologize for the terrible production or whatever. But I actually think I find that refreshing that, you know, because of COVID or whatever, like in these producers that are having to be at home doing their shows instead of being in a studio yeah that you're getting this new glimpse into their life yeah and it's like a more authentic way of doing something because everything in life is not polished like a perfect picture right or like a like a perfect television show right like that's just not real life now there is a time and a place for perfect production and for making something that's really slick. And I enjoy those things a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, I also enjoy uh, things that are transparent and authentic. And that seems to be the, that seems and not, to be, uh, the, you know, they don't have to be know. overly produced. I just lost me. I hope I kept recording. Um, so, but that's the anyway. problem. Like, now, see, you can't fully be yourself because like, this big mic's in the way with light on it. And then I have to keep one eye on this thing that I can keep right. recording. So, okay, now I'm hot. Did you turn the heat on? I'll turn. Because I went down. to get a blanket. I told you not to turn the heat on, man. I, I said hear, I, I just needed you. a blanket. Now well, I'm now hot. You're too hot. Well, I'll give me a second and turn it down. So, but it's, I think the the do you think that's a gen, like there's a desire for like authentic as a word like right. I think you can tell a lot by generation by the by the words that we're hearing a lot like transparent, authentic. I think we're You're, just we're sick hearing of that fake. a lot. We're sick of fake. So you think as a generation, we maybe we went through too much fake, and then it's like okay, and then I bet that's what happened. Well, people per- want to know; they want to be able to relate to you, and if you're not authentic, they can't relate to you. But hasn't humanity always felt that way? That can't be just a new thing we're discovering that we. No, I don't relate. think it's new. I think people are realizing. I think people are just beginning to say, "No, I want to see the real you," because I have my own stuff going on in my life i don't want to feel alone in this i want to see what's going on in your life too yes because then that gives us something that we can share um henry nowen who shared a lot from his personal life said that he did so and it was either him or merton but they said what's most personal is most universal so when you share the most personal part about you it might be quite universal exactly exactly so well well don't steer off yet because i feel like oh, there's not, more okay just well we can but i feel like we're rambling already no no well i don't th- well maybe we are but um okay one more thing then i think it's okay to be entertained but then there's a part that wants to be wants to connect you know right and but I, what i would imagine we've always wanted to connect but maybe there's a time for entertainment and then there's a time for connection and maybe we steered we whoever we is steered too much into entertainment and we lost the connection Maybe. And maybe people are drawn more to and something. I think, yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry I, you for look like you're right. No, you're good. We can move on. But now. I think you, you got can that move on look on your face. Connect and entertain at the same time. I feel like I should tell a joke now. Tell a joke. Do you have a good joke? I don't. I, I wish oh, okay. I Okay. Well, what did you say? You feel like well, I just wish I had joke. jokes ready to go. I don't have any jokes. I haven't told jokes in years. Okay. What were you going to say? Well, did you have a good week, Brian? Well, hi guys, welcome oh, good morning. to the See yes, Where uh, It Goes what, podcast. Eight minutes, seven minutes in. See Where It Goes podcast. We're just rambling. It's Saturday. like what is it? Seven a.m. Seven a.m. We're late today, you know. Uh, yeah, seven we're a little bit late. 
Saturday morning, 28 degrees Fahrenheit out there, which is unusual for South Texas, and we're going to have a 50% chance of snow today and a 50% chance of snow tomorrow. Right, which will mean basically nothing. Like, What do you mean? Well, when it snows deal. in Texas, it's just like a teeny tiny bit. Oh, I see. At but least that, in this part of the world. But if it lands, that's a huge deal. Right. Well, yeah, I don't like I don't like winter anymore at all. I'm I'm just this kind of weather. I'm just finished with it completely. Yeah, I met a guy once. Never mind. That's a but okay. I was gonna take a left turn. Okay. I won't. All right. Uh, what were you gonna say? Were you asking that question? Well, uh, did you have a good week? What was your week like? I had a good week, um, like between now and last Saturday. Well, yeah, that would be last week. Um, I don't remember much of what I did. You worked a lot. I know you were. I did work a lot because the week before that you were up here working a lot. I was doing ten hour days. Well, because I had a, I took a day and a half off for your birthday and for I was teaching a class. And I didn't want to take that out of vacation, so I just worked longer hours and I build more, so it ended up mm-hmm. being, you know, balanced itself out. So yeah. I, when I put my timesheet in, it won't come through as mm-hmm. um, days off. So it was tiring. Yeah. I mean, there was work to be done. But it's, you know, up here at that desk for 10 hours, it gets frustrating. So it was yeah. good. I felt good. I had a good morning. Um, I did some nice writing and writing in the morning. Yeah. I took a. I went to a coffee shop at seven a.m. because I felt like I wanted to, and I went with that. And then I, what I wrote was, well, you just read it, and I, I really liked what I wrote. But yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was for a coaching. You're a really great writer. Oh, thank you so much. It was for a coaching class that I'm taking, which is, requires a lot of self reflection because our first step is to coach ourselves, I guess, and look at how we think and how mm-hmm. we interact with the world. So, so that was a highlight. And then usually by noon every day, I'm just worn out and pissed off, and um, not every day, but it just you know. Well, you're. I think you are a unique person, in yeah. in the male world potentially. Oh, okay. Here it comes. What do you mean? Here it comes. Look, okay. Well, go ahead. No. <laughs> I think you're. Well, I think you're suited well. You found a job that suits your personality well. Yes. And because you are very self reflective, and you are, you do like to evaluate your internal. Yeah spaces yeah and i think you might be somewhat of a unicorn yeah in the because you're working in a company that has a lot of military people yes and i think that maybe the military mindset and i'm just guessing because i'm not in the military i don't know anything about it but yeah that maybe there's not a bunch of guys running around or females in the military who are just constantly self-reflective and right. yeah. that might be a hard thing. Like you're trying to bring, you're trying to coach people and teach people to evaluate themselves and become better. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in general, especially military people, I don't know if that's something they're, that they learn. Maybe they do. No, I think that's very... If anyone in the military is listening to this, yeah. you can weigh in. Weigh in. And people, please give us a review. We have one review. Please give us a review. It'll take you like five minutes. But not if it's one star. Go go away. No. <laughs> <laughs> if it's one star. Well, but it'd be great yeah, if you guys yeah. could write us a review. If it's one star, would you email Bridget? Is your email? I'll put your email in there. Will I? Why would they email me? Good to say, hey, I would give you one. I think you're still well, no, show Well, no, give us one. a review no matter what. If you think we're shite or whatever, you can oh, give no, us do, whatever Do what you want. Yeah, okay, fine. But tell us what. 
If it's one star, tell us what would make it five. Don't just say one star. Just say this is how you would get to five in my books. Right. Well, we already have one five-star review from Tammy. But if we get a one-star awesome review, that's review. a three. Thank you, Tammy. That would make it three stars. Two and a half stars. Yeah. Balance it. I think that's very insightful what you just said there. I'm sorry I doubted you about Right, because you thought I was going to say something. Did did you think I was yes. going to say something negative about you? No, I thought you were going to say something. I thought you were going to dress it up positive, but there was a... But it was uh, going to be an underlying <laughs> insult dressed up in a compliment. Not an insult, but... Uh, uh, um, I, here's what I thought you were going to say. Well, you're more sensitive than most males because you were raised by women. Oh, I have said that before, yeah, That's though. what I was expecting you to say. Which, is, there's nothing wrong with that, right? No, there's nothing um, wrong with that. That's not fully true. I think there was early, obviously, very close to my mom, and then it got closer to my dad in my early teenage years and stuff. And But you do realize that I am married to you because you aren't a typical male. What's a typical male? A typical male I is a guy back to the military who's like... Thing, though. Wants to watch football. Now, this is a total stereotype, right, of men. It's a what? Stereotype. Stereo. <laughs> Sorry, that's my Texas coming out and Brian makes fun of me. No, I think it's endearing. I'm not stereo. Yeah. I say stereo. Yeah. He's like, what's a stereo? It's a stereo. <laughs> stereotype of the typical male. I'm not making fun of you. So you think... Okay, continue. Anyway, beer, the guy who's like wants to watch football games. Yeah. And... Well, we're, okay, we're in Texas. Like the like a typical Texas man is like wearing his boots and his belt buckle and watching football, drinking beer, and he's macho, and he's got the big truck and all that stuff, which I find all of that completely unattractive in every way possible. And so... But if you're that guy, stick around. Well, I'm sorry. You know, there are women who die for that. Okay, yeah. And who love it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I just, I am very glad you aren't that. Yeah. Like, I find your qualities to be great. I mean, that, obviously, that's why I married you. Like, I wouldn't, I'm just not attracted to that type of a man. Right. I think, uh, can I go back to the military thing? That was very insightful, by the way, because I think it's true. Because a lot of the here's here's what's going on a lot I, I feel that the conflict that you just talked about mm-hmm. and steer me off now if we're going the wrong way but I found that helpful because I'm I, so I'm I'm over in Boulder right uh-huh. where where I'm working over there they're all about self reflection right it's a different feedback. you're with a different generation of men yeah and a different type of man in that environment yeah and it's all about and it's not that they're not macho either it's just it's a diff, it's bolder right it's very different right. and i'm in it's denver and it's, it's no and, and there's some very direct guys who are very direct and can be abrasive but there's still an underlying agreement that hey we're going to be upfront with each other and blah 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 and honest and, and then um so but so but in the military it's um I, well, I'm just still trying to navigate my way around because sometimes, right. you know, a lot of these people in the cyber software division, they were actually working on real weapons and, and they were working on real, they've come from a past of, hey, if we don't hit this objective, somebody might die. Right. So there's a different mindset in that. And in Boulder, if we don't release the software, people are going to get ticked at us. But it, yeah. we're, we're working even, so I think that's what's causing the rub is like, Sometimes you're working with people, it's like, boom, 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 come on, we got to get this done because their you know, lives are at stake. And um, now it's a bit different in the sense that what we're working on, there's still 
there's still an urgency, but with cyber software delivery, it's a, the, the danger, it, it will come, but it's, it comes slower. So if somebody hacks into our networks, mm-hmm. um, that, that's bad. It could, it could actually, it could undermine the democracy we have. But it's, a, it's still a big danger, but it's a slower danger. And I, I'm kind of rambling a bit here. Yeah, you are. I can see in your face. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I'm waiting. I was waiting for you to get to the point, And I want to move on. Okay. Just to well, be honest, I want to move on. Why don't we just on. call this podcast Bridget Wants to Move On? Yeah, Bridget Wants to Move On now. <laughs> okay. Done with that. Put it away, Brian. No, I thought it was going somewhere. Okay, let me... No, you are going I'm somewhere. Go the, I'll go I off in the corner and figure that out. No, I understand what you're saying, that like in the military, they feel an urgency. They've got to get these things done. Maybe they don't have time to self-reflect because they just need to do this. Yeah. That was and right, all this touchy-feely garbage. They don't exactly have time it. for it. No, it was good. I, I wish so I could say things in a quarter. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was trying to say. It just took you a quarter of the time to get there. Yeah. Okay, well, would you like to ask me about my week, Brian? No, because we, okay, yeah, how was your week? Because you haven't asked me any questions. I know. Well, I would have eventually if you paused long enough. Oh, really? Yeah. Since I was the one doing all the talking? No, I'm you saying... you sounded like we, you were doing all the talking. I was doing all the talking, but I, I would have been finished, and then I would have said... How was your week? Okay. So my week my week was good. And I do have some things that I, w- that I want to talk about. Yeah, well, tell me. Today. Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, well, what you want to talk about something that's common between the two of us first? That we no, can... no. What do you want to talk about? Because I talked a lot last week. Well, we have a member of our family going on their first date tonight. And do, do you have his permission to talk about this? Well, we're not going to say his name. Oh, he doesn't listen on, to the podcast. Doesn't matter. I don't think you. No, should we're just going to talk about in general. How do you feel about that? You don't have to. We don't have to discuss him or what he's doing. Just how do you, you feel sure he listen to the about podcast? that happening? I'm positive. Uh, okay, I'm just. I'm, I'm, in I'm, general. Okay, in general, I'm nervous. How do you I don't want, feel I, I about feel your son going on their first date? If, giving the heart away too early and getting hurt, but you know what? That was me at 16, so part of life. Right. So we're not talking about specifics. We're not. So, I'm asking in general. No, no. So I, think, I just gave you the answer. Okay. That's so it. you're nervous. Only nervous because of, um, you know, heartbreak. But but I think that's part of our formation. So. Yeah. So yeah, our oldest member of the family is going on their first. Good date. job hiding their identity. Well. Our oldest member of the family is going he on his first. And our other. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Whatever. No, I'm just saying. I, don't know, he, I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. He doesn't. Okay, let's don't tell him. Seriously, don't he be doesn't. Texting him. There's nothing interesting we have to say that he's into. Oh, so we, we're yeah. old and we're not cool. Then that's cool. Then we can talk about him. Not going to be into it. Great. Anyway, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about well, it? Well, I feel nervous too. Why? Well, I just do. Like I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. I just feel like I don't want him to like, you know, just because he found one person that he likes and that person likes him. Yeah. And I just feel like I don't want him to like jump into something. Yeah. When he's just now, you know, getting ready to move into his life. But do you remember I, that? It's I'm not finished. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that it's interesting to see this part of me come out where I feel protective yeah. Yeah, because I always wondered how I would be. 
yeah. when our kids were dating or got into a relationship. Yeah. And then I realized that I'm very protective. Like yeah. I'm very cautious and I'm very critical, which was very surprising to learn about myself. So. Was that? <laughs> what? You're, you're saying you're, 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 learn, you're just learning that you're protective and critical? No. Well, I mean, critical in this particular situation. Okay, okay. I know that I'm critical in general. Okay. Let's just say I'm critical completely. Okay. Critical person. I'm yeah. a critical person. Yeah. But that's okay. I think no, it's not because... That I mean... No, I am. Well, no. I think that could be a good thing. I don't settle no, easily yeah, for just yeah. anything. I mean, you... you um... Yeah, you're caught. What do you say? Ca- I'm opinionated. You're opinionated. You're cautious. I get it. I think you overreacted to his. He's he's obviously going to drive or take an Uber to get there, and the weather's well, he's not, not going to drive because he doesn't have his driver's but license. He'll take a set of wheels to get there, and you had some concern. I get that. Um, but but sometimes you. Well, I don't know if you take it to the extreme. We had a terrible, terrible pileup accident in Fort Worth. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, yeah, there was that. a pileup. And, and then you said, don't go out because didn't you see the pileup? Now, that's not too far-fetched, though, I guess. But Okay, if, Brian. If, what? Can you do me a favor? Yeah. This is a habit you have that annoys the hell out of me. Okay. You don't finish complete sentences. If you say there's a pileup, why yeah. was there a pileup? Because that's pertinent to the conversation well, yeah, we're having. I know. Well, you will... There was a pileup because of why. It's cold and there was ice, ice. on the road. Yeah, I would have got there. Okay. And you could have helped me get there if it wasn't clear. Just, you know, if, if I don't finish a sentence, just ask me a question. So and there help was me a pileup in Fort Worth, Texas. It was yeah. a hundred car pileup. Yeah. Eight people were killed. We have cold weather in Texas. People don't know how to drive on ice. Yeah. Actually, no one knows how to drive no, on they ice. Don't. Everyone I was upset by the pileup, and and because I, I I yeah I I get that, and I think it. I was upset because I think you just. Well, people say, well, in the south. Well, hey, we, you're what? stop cutting off. Can you go? Can you like thread the needle? Okay, let me start like, again. Here's the accident. Then okay, so tonight. He's going out, and it's cold tonight, and I was worried. Do you want to thread the needle for me, or do you want me to? Yeah, I'm going to thread the needle for you. Okay, go ahead, yeah. And it's cold tonight, and I was afraid if he's out, and he's in the car with this person, or he's in an Uber, what if there's ice on the roads tonight? Yeah, fair enough. So I didn't want to have him out tonight. But I think it's going to be okay. I don't think it's going to be freezing, and there's no... I don't think there's there's not going to be any rain. So it's going to be fine. Yeah. That's what I was nervous about. And I was getting very impatient with you. Last night? No, now. Yeah, yeah. In this conversation. Because I feel like this is one of the things when you're talking sometimes is you don't finish like a complete thought. Yeah. And you cut it off. And then I feel like it's very disjointed. It is, yeah. And then I can't follow. I notice it when I listen back to the podcast. So anyway. Yeah. Because I'm thinking in the moment, is that a true statement before the words are coming out of my mouth? Because what I wanted to say was, I felt like he overreacted last night because he said, I want to go up to Leon Valley. And you said, oh, this is good. what about that pileup? You're going to be in a pileup But is like that, that overreacting or does that just that's mean I have I, a concern? No, that's why I stopped because at the time it felt overreacting. But when I stopped, it's like, that's a valid concern. People don't know how to drive in ice down here. Right. And um, which I don't understand. It's just because you, but that's a, okay. I think this podcast sucks already. No, I don't think so. I think it's great. I do. Why? I don't know. I just feel like we're just rambling on and on and it's <laughs> all crap. 
Okay. Now you're just mad. Go get your list there. All right. I'll tell you one I thing wanna, it is, though. Okay. It is authentic. It's not produced. Right. It's not produced Especially, at all. Yeah. Okay. Now, I heard someone ask this question. Yeah. Finn was listening to TikTok, and yes. I heard this question come up, and I would like to get your response to it. I know Great. what my response is to okay. this question. Yeah. The question is, is religion child abuse? Is religion child abuse? It's too broad of a statement. It is broad. Yeah. How would you rephrase the question? I would say, go ahead. I think certain religions are child abuse, yeah. Yes, I do too. I think an overemphasis on end times and uh, is, the, is, is, is child abuse. And, but I think from the perspective of the person who's deeply embedded in that, they wouldn't see it as child abuse. They would think as, as soon as this ch- child has consciousness, I got to save them from the flames of hell. And it's viewed as a loving thing, but I think it could absolutely, that'd be an interesting thing to look at. About the child well, I've development. heard about it. It was abusive to me. Right. I feel like I am a victim of religious child abuse. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like any religion that is teaching you from the time when you're, say, like four years old, five years old, that you are in danger of burning in hell for yeah. all of eternity. Yeah. That any of your loved ones, if, that they, if they don't believe exactly the way you believe, that they are in danger of being killed and... Um, going to hell forever and that you know jesus is going to come back and take away only the people that love him and then he's going to destroy everyone else that was major major child abuse to me yeah i was traumatized by that so let's um let's go there because i don't i can't um I can't associate with that from my child abuse, and it's possible that religion was present in my child in my childhood, but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, it was just we just we weren't. That wasn't in our mind, you know. And and the argument could be, well, you weren't all that into your religion, but I mean, I think we were. So I think now, it was if you went prevalent. to, so if you, so if the priest was up giving his homily or whatever, he doesn't really talk about hell no. or the end times now no. what would happen if you were to go to catechism would you have learned those things there i don't i don't think we just there wasn't the focus on hell um yeah well you guys get purgatory we do so purgatory is like a buffer so you don't really have to worry about it right yeah I mean, someone's yeah, well, gonna pray you out i think the only people going to hell were hitler Everyone else was probably going to purgatory or have I think it was assumed that most of us were going to purgatory and if you said i'm going to heaven it's like phew, you don't get to say that about yourself. You can say that about someone else. Right. But, um, you know, but you could argue that, um, and, and many would, that that's, is that really a biblical concept? Well, I mean, right. it could be. I mean, it's in the Apocrypha. Purgatory right. is in the Apocrypha, which isn't accepted by Protestants. So anyway, all that to say is I didn't, I didn't find it, uh, my, the religion I grew up in to be child abuse, not that I know of, um, but, but I don't know if I could say that about my own kids. The religion that they were raised right. in. Right. Well, see, I think I Liam may have been traumatized early. He but, was. But I do want to. Well, I okay. I thought that I was raising them in a softer version of Christianity. Yeah. Because the one I grew up in was very harsh and scary and dark, and I thought that I was raising them in like, oh, you know, Jesus loves you, and this is grace, and He wants to save everyone, and. Blah, blah, blah. But there was still hell and there was still this theology of the end times. So I remember Liam 
just being absolutely traumatized yeah. by hell. Yeah. And also, he didn't really buy into this whole thing about God answering prayers, which is a whole other topic. Yeah. Um, but I definitely know that uh, he suffered from it. And which I really regret. Of course, I didn't know that at the time. I thought I was doing a good thing. And then I think, I think Callum potentially had some uh, fear as well. So anyway, so I thought that was very, uh, and, and I see people, there are people that I'm aware of in my life. And I think that they're, uh, of course, I'm not a psychologist, but there are things going on with some of their kids that look to me like they, these kids are probably heavily traumatized by their religion and because they're growing up in the same yeah. <clears throat> type of environment that I grew up in. And it just puts in a, in a little child's brain, like you're having to like wrestle with the end of the world and saving everyone and destruction and it's horrific i mean it is totally and it steals their childhood away from them like i didn't have a childhood yeah for more than one reason that was just one component of it right but it basically strips everything away from you as a child because you uh hell was on your radar all the time every night every night so, Every night. So what, did your, what was your nighttime routine like? My nighttime routine was to repent of all my sins yeah. every day. <clears throat> and even repent of things that I could have done that might have been a sin. Because, <clears throat> you know, there's the unknown sins that you commit. Yeah. And then praying that if I had to become a martyr for Jesus Christ, that I would be able to do that. Because if you're not able to die for Jesus, then you don't get to go to heaven. Oh, is that so true? like, oh, yeah. That so shows like if, your seriousness. So like, if someone you know were to break in right now and say, "I'm going to cut your head off," you know, if or deny Jesus, or I'm going to cut your head off, you know. So if I deny Christ, then I get my head. I don't. I get my head cut off. But if I say no, and I lie, well, then I'm doomed to hell. Huh. Um. So you had to. Was be that ready actually to- said or implied? Did you ever hear a preacher say that? probably said because they were talking about the end of days all the time. All the time, yeah. And I have family members that still, like, they're in religions that talk about the end times, like, all the time. Like, they were, we have a family group text, and they're, like, texting this bullshit all the time about, oh, well, we just got to be ready. And yeah, I feel like... Here's my thing. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about Heaven's Gate. Do you remember that cult? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So most cults are doomsday cults. Yeah. And Christianity is a doomsday cult. Just like Jehovah Witnesses, they are also doomsday cults. Um, Heaven's Gate was a doomsday cult. And because Christianity, the type, the version I grew up in, yeah, is very much focused on this whole thing, like they are looking for the end of the world. They want the end of the world because they want God to wipe out all of this evil, which is basically anyone who doesn't believe the way they think they should. And 
bring an end to everything so that everybody can be in heaven. And then they can get on but with not, the rest of everybody. their eternal life. But not everybody. Right, everybody that believes like them. Yeah. And so do you think, Brian, like I never thought. Now, I started to think of Christianity as a cult only in the past year. Yeah. Or no, I think it was like two or three years ago that I felt like Christianity was a cult. And I had never classified it as a cult before. And I know that you don't share that opinion with me. That's my opinion. And, um, but yesterday, I feel like my eyes were opened even more that I not only feel it's a cult, I feel like it's a doomsday cult. And yeah. it, not all sects of it. Yeah. But there are sects of it that put people in this mindset where everything they see on the news, every world event that they see taking place, yeah. they frame it. Right. In this box of when is Christ going to come back? When is Armageddon going to take place? And when are all these non-believing, secular, humanist, atheist, yeah, get their evil people who are secretly worshiping the devil and they just don't know it? When are they all going to be destroyed? And the rest of us can just get the heck out of here, yeah, and go to heaven. Where is our real home? Because that's what a lot of Christianity teaches too. Right, right. Earth is not your home. We're just passing through. This is just a cesspool of sin. Then you get to go to your real place where everything's perfect. Yeah. So anyway, this was all stirring in me yesterday. So there's a lot in there, isn't there? There's a ton in there. There's a ton in there. I am so pissed off at religion. Yeah. I feel like it's one of the biggest curses upon humanity of our time. And I look, and I know that humans, like we, we're messed up. We're going to, we're going to bring a, we're going to bring about the end of the world no matter what. Right. Because some stupid idiot somewhere is going to do something. Right. And like, look, we can't even get people to take care of the earth. No one care. You know, some, a lot of people don't even care about, global warming or things like that. They don't believe in it. So left to our own devices, we're still probably going to do something that's going to end humanity. Yeah. But do we have to frame everything in this religious context? And and actually, I kind of feel like they want to usher it in. They yeah, want to sure. like they want to like bring it to fruition and see it happen. I think that's a very dangerous mindset to want the end because you already feel it's inevitable and that this is something God has to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't take my notebook out. So anyway, you can stop me rambling, but I was very bothered. I think there's a lot in there. um, Yesterday, by all of this. And I know I have my own trauma. Like, I have, yeah, I have severe trauma from my childhood. And when I see this playing out in our world, I just, it makes me really sick and depressed. Okay. So. You can jump in anytime oh, I'm pausing oh, oh, I so will. you can jump no, no, in. No, no, I'm making a note here. <laughs> so, let me tell you something that bothers me about you. I know that's uh, I think there is trauma there. And I I think you resist going to talk to someone about it. 
I mean, you might be able to work it out here, but I, you know what I mean. What, so that, what do you think I need to talk about? I think I think you may have PTSD from a lot of the stuff you're talking about. Ever, that's such a catchphrase now that no, everyone I get it has is. I PTSD. Get it is. I'm just saying though, I I think that it's worth chatting with someone who's skilled oh, in, in religious chat- trauma. Honey, I've tra- I have been to therapy. Was it probably five times about this about the childhood stuff and I'll, I'll come I've up talked the... about this to therapists, yeah. multiple therapists, and counselors. Yeah, all right. And in small groups. Well, small. I wouldn't. Is small groups really the place that's going to help you? There, they're not skilled. Well, no, I'm just saying that this is something I have. Anyway, just cons- well, okay. okay. Consider it. That's all I'm saying. Right. Consider the right. No, I'm just right, saying. The, the okay. skill, rightly skilled person. I don't person. feel that I'm the same dealing with this now. Okay. Let me clarify. Yeah. The way that I dealt with it in my early 20s. Yeah. To me, that was like when I was in therapy back then. Yeah. Is dealing with it and how it was affecting my life then. Because I wasn't able to cope. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was affecting my day to day. Yeah. And eventually I like was able to get past that. Now I feel like it's different in the sense that now I see its evil tentacles. Not only what it did to me, but what it's doing to people in my family. Yeah. And not just my immediate family or what it did to people in my immediate family, but what it's doing to people in my extended family. And what it's doing to the world in general. The Christian, because the Republican Party has a huge Christian base in it. Yeah. And they, those, when you have this ideology of the end of the world mentality, like in the Bible, wiping out people and stealing their shit, like taking their land, oppressing them and stuff, that's just a given. That's what happens in the Bible all the time. Yeah. But, um... I kind of went on a tangent, but the way I feel like I'm dealing with this trauma in my life now is that I find it abhorrent that I'm seeing victims of this all around me. Yeah. So it's my sense of justice now that I'm like, I don't want people to be abused in this manner anymore. So so what comes to mind is that podcast that we listened to last week where when you get Oh, and because yeah, when you get riled up and get passionate and angry about something, yes. it's an indication of that something valuable to you has been violated, yes. or something you, a value of yours has been violated, which helped me understand you a bit over the last year or two because you get really worked up and angry, and it's like, you know, yeah. you just and my response is, oh, just settle down. But really, what I was failing to see is, um, you're getting upset because something you you hold very. Uh, that's a high value that's passionate yeah. like you don't you you've always had a compassion about people like that woman next door mary years ago when her son died just the way you embraced her there was such a you felt her pain mm-hmm. obviously you can't but but you were so compassionate so what i need would be helpful helpful for me is when i see you in this place of anger is to realize your passion behind it so one of the advantages of it doesn't whatever way you work through this if you i just think if we get worked up about it like and we get angry and stuff like is there a way that that we can turn channel that anger into something um productive to help people you know well i'm trying i don't really know if i have a channel right now like i just try to well because the thing is you're dealing when you're dealing with people's mindsets 
Yeah. That's not something that is changed easily at all. It's it takes yeah, a while. Yeah, I mean, you right? can't I don't all I can be is myself. Yeah, yeah. So, here's an idea. You know? So you can't change someone's mindset, but all we can do is ask ask, ask people to reflect and think about about their thoughts. And and all we can, I think all we can do is ask questions like tell me how yeah. you see it that way. And if you bring that to its logical conclusion. Anyway, that I, I don't need to finish that sentence because I don't want to go there. Uh, I, I think I do think you, you paint with a broad brush and I think if you're in an argument with someone and you start talking to them like you're talking here like all of Christianity is a cult, you're not gonna you're not gonna make a friend there you're not. So I think there is a broad brush you paint with. So what I, what I would say is if you're talking to someone you're trying to help who you think is stuck, I think you have to see, just starting from, I don't think you would start from that point, but starting from the point of saying, I think all Christianity is a cult, they're, they're done. They're not going to listen to you. First of all, I don't think that's true that all Christianity is a cult. I think there are cults within Christianity. I think you were well, okay. potentially born in one, and I think we both went to one for four right. years. Right, but we do know, Brian, that there's only a small percentage of Christianity that is that would be potentially considered as a universalist, Right. Someone who believes that everyone's going to heaven, that makes up a very small percentage of Christianity. Um, Most of Christianity, if it's true Christianity, would teach that Jesus is the only way to salvation and the only way to heaven. Right. However, what sects of Christianity do not teach that? Well, so um, I'm not an expert on Catholic theology, but I sat and listened to a priest once and he was talking about Native Americans going to heaven. And later I pull them aside and say, oh, wait a minute now, that's, that's uh, not what the Bible says, you know. And he, I could tell he was, he had this frustrated look on his face, like, oh, yeah. we've got one of these guys dealing with, to deal with now. Um, and he said, okay, what, what about the Native Americans um, who never heard of Jesus and they died? Do you think they're going to go to hell? I said, I hope not. And he, he and I, he goes, and he, but he basically, what he was saying is that Christ, the salvation that comes from Christ would get applied to them, even okay, if they so weren't conscious of them. Now, right, well, that's know. good. <laughs> Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if that's that standard of Catholic theology, not, or if he would oh, be liberal sorry. Catholic or not. Well, I think that's very unique, and I don't know about Catholicism, but like, yeah. do you remember the time we were at Moody, and John Piper was preaching? Yeah. And John Piper, who is a Calvinist, I made a face. Yes, Brian made a face. Not a fan. John Piper, and I used to love John Piper. Right. But he, and just so people know that John Piper is a preacher. Yeah. In what sect is he Baptist? Do you know, or well, is he he's, evangelical? He's, he's definitely evangelical, but he's definitely he's a he's a big fan of Calvinism. Okay, and he's a Calvinist, and the Calvinist theology is that God saves only the people He chooses to save, and no one else. He destroys everyone from else from the beginning of time. It's made from the beginning made. of time, He predestines those people who are going to go to heaven, and then He destroys everyone else, which is so disgusting. I want to throw up right now. But anyway, and I'm not over exaggerating that point either. That's just, how just nasty I think it is. This is a this is he was a contemporary to Martin Luther, and he was around in like the late. That's John Calvin. John is a Calvin. Sorry, so John Calvin. That idea was kind of being formed uh, in the uh, 1500s. Yes. Okay. So John Cal- John Piper is alive today. Yeah. This theology is alive and well today in Christianity. No, Wait. Me, go ahead. I want to add a piece. And. I totally just lost my train of thought. What I was going to say. I'll have to get back there. So where Piper goes is that. Oh, no, no, no. Let me finish my point. I just got it back. Okay. 
He was teaching at Moody. Yeah. That in order for the Bible to be fulfilled, yeah. that God only had to save one person from every tribe and nation in the world. So like one person out of the tribe in Papua New Guinea, one person out of the Aborigines, one person out of the Eskimos, one person out of the Matai or Maasai, one American, one Chinese. And once he does that, he can destroy everybody else as long as he's fulfilled that one scripture in the Bible that says every tribe and every nation. That's very, that's, that tells me a lot about John Piper, though. That is so... Odd. Well, not just odd, but can you imagine, like, this thinking? Like, I just, I just can't wrap my mind around a deity that chooses for that to be the way. But Piper, look at the way Piper's seen that. Piper views God as someone who says, okay, I'm going to make this statement now, and I'm going to write this down. That from every tribe and every nation, I will have people in heaven. Oh, wait, let's rethink this. I only need at least one. Okay, now I can hold myself accountable to the sentence I just wrote by just having one person. We're good because uh, because this isn't working so far. Right. We're not getting the numbers we need. So if I just get one, that's just very oddly to think through that. Right, and he said because of technology and because of the internet and travel will be able to do that and as soon as every do, single people nation then, we're down. What, then jesus gets to come back is there a hurry is there a rush can we just wait and get them all in i'm being facetious what 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 i think i don't know much about what, where that's where he's going with that but is he saying that um well this goes in with that we gotta end this shit soon so uh uh, what's the quickest way we can do it? Okay, let's reinterpret that that scripture to say let's get, at least get one of each person in and and, uh, and then we're done. Right, because that's what they want. That's what the Christians want. A lot of them. Yeah. They want Jesus to come back. Like the thought to them, or a lot of them, maybe not all, but the, of God coming back and taking them out and so that they can all go live this perfect existence in heaven and get and just wipe out everybody else. Even people who choose or do not want to believe in Christianity because they're not convinced of it. Yeah. They're just simply not convinced. It's not a compelling argument to them. But they are good, decent people, good human beings, or good Hindus, or good Buddhists, or good Muslims. And, but who cares if you're good? Who cares whatever you're you're lost for eternity do you think there's do you think there are christians who are excited by the idea that the unbelievers will have their will be condemned to hell i think so especially in the sect of christianity i, I, I think, grew up in because they get up right, there and, and that can that's really a concerning thought right isn't it well yeah because the preachers get up there and they're like and god's gonna wipe out all these I forget what they call them, whoremongers and homosexuals and all this stuff. And it is so vile when you can get satisfaction from talking about the destruction of your fellow human being. Yeah. And if I, and I think that is one of the, 
main reasons why I am not a Christian anymore. Because I find this whole way of thinking abhorrent to me. That's my new favorite word, abhorrent. Yeah. I think I've discovered that today. Okay. Now, I'm going to leave this point because I could go on forever. So, here's the other thing that really set me off this week. Yeah. Is that someone told one of our kids that they did not approve of the way our family did things. Just this week we heard this? No, this was like last week or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, number one, I don't need your approval. Right. My family doesn't need your approval. I don't need anyone's approval. Yeah. Of what I believe and what I don't believe and how I live my life. Yeah. I don't I don't live my life for so you. So why does it bother you so much then that they said that? Because that's what people do. It's like if I came out on Facebook and said, I am no longer a Christian. Yeah. Here's what plays out. Because I've done this. I've lived this before. Yeah. The Christians, some of the Christians on there would be like devastated. Right? Right, because your Because my your eternal at risk. soul, I'm going to be banished to hell forever. Well, can you see where they that would concern them? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been concerned. I've been on the other end of this before. Yeah. But I am like... But yeah, how does that affect you, though? How do I feel about that? Like, if you... If, if, well, I don't, it's I don't like, want to steer you Can you, you imagine? Way. Like, we are judged, supposedly, by this deity on one thing. A belief and an action on that belief. Yeah. I can have Bridget here, Bridget A, Bridget A believes in Jesus and accepts him as her savior or whatever. She lives her life this particular way. She, she tries not to say the F word and she doesn't watch sex scenes in movies and she prays and reads the Bible. Yeah. She gets to go to heaven when Jesus comes back. And she's nice to people and all this. But the thing that makes Bridget A so unique is because she said this prayer. Bridget B doesn't say that prayer anymore. Yeah. Bridget B now says the F word on a daily basis and may or may not watch a sex scene in a movie, in a rated R movie. Sometimes she'll fast forward and sometimes she doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's still nice to people. She's still kind to people. But now she goes to hell. Forever. Is that not like, that is what we're being, that's what's being weighed in the balance. This is what Christianity teaches. Like, isn't that just mind? Does that blow your mind? What do you think about that? That is what people are teaching. Yeah, it's tough because and it's then, so. I just can't believe that. I don't know. Sorry, reality. I don't know which way to answer that because there's that theological that training part. Yeah, it sounds very odd on the surface, doesn't it? It sounds more than odd. It's ludicrous. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It sounds like when you explain it that way, it sounds like, oh, I said the magic word. I'm in. Right, that's Bam. all it is. Well, if I said they're in, here, here's my question, though. Is is that all it is? Because the magic word I said, and I, and it's like I felt like a, a deep change inside of me, 
and 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 a turning away from. But uh, I think you would have gone there anyway. So I know you do said you think that. Would, do you think you would have made changes in your life? Did you see, like in my life, I made changes before yeah. I actually started going to church. I had already made changes in myself. Because someone actually asked me this question this past, last weekend. Yeah. Someone asked me, how did I think about my conversion experience now? Okay? Yeah. And I said that I felt like Christianity had helped me become a better person and deal with things in my life, which is a true statement. Yeah. It wasn't all bad. Yeah. Okay? But the thing is, when I look back, I was already making those changes. Like, I was already seeing that things, patterns in my life were not serving me in a positive way anymore. Right. Okay. I don't know if I was able to, I can't remember if I was able to see that or not. There was something going on where I did describe a few things where people said, that sounds Buddhist, where I had, when I was stoned, I had that image. This is four months before I said the prayer in January 96, with June being the, the, the conversion time. But in January, I was waking up and I was having these images of that my goal of my life was to help was to help other people across mm-hmm. the line not just me and someone said that sounds very Buddhist but it may, I think it sounds very helping universal helping other people cross the line like bringing people to Jesus no no because that wasn't even on my radar this or, is what did this crossing is, the line mean oh just just the journey of life and success that it mm-hmm. wasn't just about me it was about there's other people behind me and, and yeah. if they're behind me I win nothing if I get to the finish line before them the goal is to reach back and help other people, and we cross the line together. No, I don't right. know what the line was. I just remember we were like entities of clouds, and and that the the goal was not just me; it was others. Because I think there was a very self-centered. That's always been there, but I think it was very more apparent in my in that time in life that it was about me and. So potentially, so potentially there was stuff already churning, right? You well, because this is something that does happen to people in their early twenties. Yeah, is that you? Okay, not for everyone, but there are people who go out and you start experimenting with different things, drinking, having sex, drugs, or whatever you choose to dabble in at that time of your life, and then you have fun with it. I'm listening still. Yeah. So like you're having fun with it for a while, right? Yeah. And then you begin to realize at some point that that's not really serving a purpose anymore. Like the fun begins to wear off a little bit. Yeah. It's not as much fun anymore to go out and get hammered. You're kind of sick of having hangovers, yeah. you know, or sleeping with another guy and not having a relationship with him. There's just nothing in it. Yeah, no, I know. And I, then so you, you then have this realization that like, okay, I'm going to stop having sex with all these people because I don't get anything out of it. It's not serving me. It doesn't make me feel better about myself. So therefore, I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. No, and I've noticed... Well, so the line was, for at least for two decades, has been, the only way to get there is that you have the conversion prayer. But in the last two years, I, or, and I'm sure even before that, like I know I have a, I have a, I have a, a cousin who's had terrible anxiety mm-hmm. for years, yeah. crippling anxiety. You know what's helped him in the last few years? What? His mindfulness, like 
Yeah. The actual discipline of mindfulness is causing major changes. So when I heard that, it's like, oh. Well, yeah, because well, that's... You're saying like the yeah. people are having awakenings. They are, they're having changes. That's cha- right. They're having changes. That's right. They're not saying the Jesus prayer. I could make an argument to say, well, Jesus is behind it, hidden back there. But I mean, that's well, maybe, no, that's am I shoehorning thing. stuff that's in that doesn't That's the lie belong? of Christianity. One of the lies of Christianity yeah. is that only change can come through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because change comes to people right. through many other avenues. Yeah. <clears throat> and that just because you don't believe in Jesus, that he's the savior of the world, or say that magical prayer, does not mean... That you don't live a fulfilling life, that you don't uh, live a life that is capable of uh, personal growth, personal change, and of being able to be an amazing human being to others. Yeah. Okay? You can be a Christian and be awesome, and you can be a non-Christian and be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can have personal growth wherever, whatever your ideology is. I mean, we... We clearly see that. Now, uh, I don't know if I want to. Know. This is this is too deep. This is what is it? Is this too deep? Too what? Too deep. There's so many places we could go with this. I know. It's maybe, maybe very. Just... Com- it's like an onion. It's like multi-layered because it affects everything. Yeah, you'd have to. We'd have to almost pick one um, and go there. So, like we could. Oh. You could pull one of those threads and do it, jam on it for an hour. Yeah. Oh, this is the one thing that I. One thing I'm, I'm going to jam on for here a minute is that this whole demonization of the atheist in Christianity. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this really bothers me. Right. Because it's just completely not true. Now, there are terrible atheists in the world and there are terrible Christians in the right. world. There's terrible everything. Yeah. No matter where you fall in your ideology, yeah. there are good and bad people everywhere. Yeah. But this whole idea, like, that atheists are just these, you know, morally corrupt human beings that, I don't know. I mean, I've just been in class and and heard sermons of them being torn apart, and it's so unfair. So, And I would argue, though, that... Um that one of the signs of a cult is that kind of thinking, that you contain yourself, you containerize yourselves and you start building these stories about the others that just isn't true right and 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 so i think parts i'm not saying all parts of christianity do that but definitely the parts we've spent time in do create yeah. a, it's a straw man they create of the atheist but then when you actually meet atheists and you talk to them you get to know them and muslims and it's like these are good people i like being right like you know well isn't that terrible to sit it is, but the way to the way to it is terrible. But the way to fix it, like Muhammad, I remember the night he left. I remember looking at his face, thinking, "My God, it's that's the image of God in that man's face, it's just beautiful." Yeah. And I would say that about any. I mean, that's how that. That's how I express things, mm-hmm. right? Like we were leaving that party, and I was say, I had such a good time. It was two in the morning. I was saying, "God bless you all," and they were, <laughs> they mm-hmm. were, they were you were laughing because like they're atheists. Don't say that. I said, "But that's my way of expressing." A thankfulness oh, to them. Oh, that's right. Like that's how I'm sure, trying well, to show my affection. What's the story? You're saying things, but the listeners the have no okay, reference to place. what you're talking about. They about don't. this okay, what I'm God trying to bless say, you what I, what to I, the atheist. Okay, what I'm trying to say is like um, the. Let me start with Muhammad. When Muhammad the Muslim was going back to our friend who we met, who was a Muslim, who was mm-hmm. the first Muslim 
I really, really got to know, and and even to the point where I was nervous that he was going to try and convert me. And mm-hmm. then I was like, well, this is this is must be what it feels like <laughs> to be on the well, other side of me. They, because all <laughs> sects try yeah, yeah. to convert people. But That's really, what they do. Even atheists try to convert people to atheism yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, so um, I anyway, it was just it, that was very formative for me to get to know him and his family. Why? Well, because he wasn't. It wasn't that scary. Well, no, because we, and we didn't know, we didn't have any Muslim friends. We didn't have any Muslim friends. And um, just to get to know him and, and uh, be part of his culture. And um, yeah, it was just, it was a formative experience to, to, and as it has been to meet other people who are outside of that box. And, mm-hmm. and you realize like. The Christian bubble. Yeah, like the straw man, this, these straw men, it's not true. Like you get to know people and it's like the, the characterization that was built about you just, just isn't true. It, it's right. a cartoon. Right. Now it can be true. I, I, again, it's just, it's just not so. Here's the thing. I think there's good and evil in everyone. And wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be great if evil was removed from the world and it was removed from all of us and then we could, we could, um, we could get, get by and, and stuff. I just don't, it's just not binary. There, I just, no. Right. What's well, no. this theology of fear? You have to be afraid of, of um, there's so much fear wrapped up in, in a lot of Christianity. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of other religions, you know, where you, um, you need to adopt this set of principles so that you can be saved from the evil and the evil is the other. Yeah. Um, not just the other people, the other world systems, the other belief systems. Um, these are all things that have been set up by the devil. Yeah. Who oh. who is a live a living, breathing entity that supposedly influences everything in the world, even leaders who lead uh, lead countries. I've I have a great idea for next week's episode. It's called the enemy. The enemy, yeah. Because the enemy is when it's used is refers to a few well, different things. Well, I'm the enemy now. I'm the enemy now. I'm a false prophet. Yeah, have you been called I'm that? A, no, but that's just, what people assuming, would call yeah. me. They would call me a false prophet. They would call me a heretic. Yeah. They would call me an unbeliever. Yeah. They would call me an apostate. An apostate. Did you say heretic? I said heretic. Okay. Rob Bell was called a heretic, which is yes. a great documentary, by the way. It's yeah. called Heretic. Heretic, it's very good. Which I highly recommend. Um, and what's interesting is you know all it. No one has to say it to you. you I know you, all your freaking arguments. You know, no, I'm saying you know how you're viewed because you've become your own enemy. You, the, who you are now, 10, 15 years ago, if you, if you, if Bridget from 10, 15 years ago had met you, ooh, I would be a great challenge. She would have been calling <laughs> you all these names because you know the scripts, the scripting that runs. Right. You know I know the, the apologetics. You know it all, and you know you've just stepped onto the other side. That's right. You've become the enemy. Yeah, I've become. I'm sleeping with the enemy. The movie. So that's, that's it. from the movie anyway, Julia Roberts, Julia which I've Roberts never seen. And Patrick Bergen, maybe. Did you see it? I've always yes. wanted to watch it. Maybe, uh, I'll maybe watch it was it. Patrick Bergen. I don't know. Uh, I think we yes, should I'm up. the enemy, and which I have to say feels extremely crappy. Because is there any feeling of 
Is there any good feelings about just being on the outside? Oh being... my gosh, I love being on the outside. Yeah, you're outside the camp. I now. I feel you're living awake. in the suburbs of Salem, Massachusetts, I in feel the 1600s. Like I'm a part of the human race for the first time in my life. I do too. And I don't feel like I'm a part of some effed up fantasy land world that people are living in every day where they're trying to decipher the end of the world and they're trying to save their neighbor and they're trying to make sure they don't sin. And and there's nothing wrong with trying to be the best version of yourself. Believe it or not, people who don't ascribe to Christianity also want to be the best versions of themselves. They don't wake up every day and go out and sacrifice babies, okay? They can be good people too. I can decide to make good decisions and have morals and things like that. I don't need some religion to tell me how to be so that I want to be a good person. I feel like an amazing person. Yeah. I have fun. I have good thoughts. I don't go to bed scared every night. Of course, I still have concerns about our world because we live in a world filled with lunatics and people who make mistakes and people think crazy things just happen. Of course, I have fear and everything. But I, uh, all right. What? What do you want to say? Not a fish. I'm getting hungry here. Anyway, yes, those are the positive things. I feel I am. Christianity tells you that you live in freedom. You don't. That is a complete lie. It's a sense of freedom. Because someone is telling you this rule book wherein you need to live. Yeah. And you do get a sense of freedom because you're learning how to live your life a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're improving. It was good for me. It was good for me to go to bed at 10 o'clock, get up at 6, enjoy the morning. Not drink so much Guinness, not eat any more Boston cream donuts, and lose weight. And like that's what happened. Right, there after. are good things. It can yeah. be very helpful for you. It was helpful, yeah. But at the same time, but my demonization of the other was not helpful to me at all, and I've and I lost a lot. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just I'm just so done with it. I really am. And if people can't, I'm sure people can tell that listening. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry that I've been ranting. I just, I have nowhere to go with this. Yeah. I don't, I, there are very few people who have had the experience that I'm having. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's what you think, but. You know, it's just not, I do have a member of my family who went through the same thing. Yeah. That came out of a cult and who now is living their best life without religion tying them down. But if you haven't experienced it, you can't explain it to someone because they're just not going to get it. Right. You know. It's true. But, so you were saying you feel more like a human too? Do you want to talk about that? Well, I just feel like, um, I just feel more um, connected to people. I feel the pressure to convert is gone. Oh, thank God. So I could just, it's nice to just. And I don't mean just for you, but thank no, God just for me too, that I never have to think about. No, there's, there's still, you know, there's anymore. still a little bit of that. There's still that thought in my head, like, oh, you're letting aside that. But I'm just, uh, I guess, but that has to come with uh, some level of trust in a generous God that everything's going to work out, and I can just be focus so you, on being with people. And so you still believe in God. 
I do. What is your belief in God oh, now? Oh, I don't want to start now. It's an hour in. Well, I think we should erase the beginning of the podcast. Why? Or either put a note in to tell people they should start well, listening that, yeah. after our huge no, I'll call that. They'll they'll get they'll get there. nonsensical section that we had. Um, I don't have the. Can we do that next week? Because I don't have the energy. Oh, you don't have the energy. I do. Yeah, I do. Do you believe in God? I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I believe or disbelieve. Um, I, I just don't think there's enough. I just don't think that we have enough evidence one way or the other to say, I don't think I could make a definitive statement right now saying that God doesn't exist or does exist. Yeah. Because I just think the world is too complex. Science is very complex. Yeah. The human mind is very complex. Yeah. So, okay, I'm very excited that now I'm open. Like, I think being open to evolution that we evolved is very, very important, I think. It yeah. explains so much about us. And I don't think it, it removes God from the picture. I think, it's, right. I think it's still, I think evolution is not this evil thing. It's this beautiful thing that, that should be looked at. I right, think. I don't so know why nice. it was so demonized. I don't know why yeah, it well, made because a difference it, because whether it, we evolved because or it looked were like it went against the Bible. That's why. Right, but do, in the end, does it really make a difference? I mean, no, it doesn't make a difference. We're still me. humans it right now. It doesn't go. I don't think like, it goes against Genesis or anything. It doesn't. But the thing is, I think evolution though does explain all these crazy things about humans. It does. Why would we have about a t- tail we, in the womb and little we, gills at the side of our neck, and, Why we act in all these weird ways yeah. that we do, yeah. that these are like things that have been in our brains forever. It's that, very helpful, yeah. But And we're not just, you know, I mean, our brain is not, we don't function perfectly. Every brain comes with error messages, Yeah. basically, that have to be figured out yeah you know and i don't know anyway i just i just never mind okay say anything else do you think what are we gonna do this weekend i'm gonna work on i have a book i wrote yeah called rings called you guys anybody wants to read it it's called Rings End, and I'm going to work. It's finished. I just got to get it out on Kindle and self-publish it. So I'm going to work on that. And it's, a, it's if I may promote, it is a book about a father and daughter, uh-huh. a single dad and his daughter. Uh, yeah. She's in her 20s. He's, in, he's 50. And they are in Rings End, Dublin. Mm-hmm. And they get pulled into this sci-fi thing where they are asked to be controllers of cyborgs who look human but are actually embedded throughout Europe to be a counterterrorism uh, agents and they control them and that's just the beginning some really yeah. cool twisty turns and it's funny too and i a, enjoyed a lot of, it it's yeah. a very easy read yeah i like that you write not using like an over abundance of details yeah because, well it's like an act i've never read a movie script before, it's kind of it does feel like that but yeah. i feel like your book is like a movie script like yeah. it just goes from scene to scene to scene yeah with the dialogue and it's very easy to follow and uh, yeah, I just think it's a an enjoyable read. Yeah, so I'm excited. I was reading it last week, and I started cracking up laughing because I really mm-hmm. like the main character. It's my third book. The first He's Irish. The first two I didn't really like. Cause Rings the, End. Did you say Rings End's in Ireland? It is in Dublin. It's a town in Dublin. Yeah. But there's a play on word. There's a play on words with that term Rings End. Yeah. So 
But you have to read the book to find out what that is. If you, anyone knows how to make a cover uh, of a book, let me reach out. I, I need to get some kind of person who's a graphic artist. I have an idea of what to do. But. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what I'm doing. And then I'm off Monday. What about, what about you? Well, I think I'm going to paint this weekend a little bit and read. And then I'm going to do some online shopping. Yeah, for your birthday. To finish out my birthday shopping that I never finished. And because um, the things I get, I can't get at like Goodwill um, or in a, well, I could get them in a store, but, um, and then what else am I going to do? I don't know. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe we should like play games with the kids or hang out or. Yes. Because we have a four day weekend because. Oh, really? Public. Yeah. The public schools have closed down for Monday and Tuesday because of the weather. Oh, maybe I'll take Tuesday off too. So yeah, the kids are, well, Liam's not off because a lot of his classes are college classes. Right. But Finn and Callum are, have a four day weekend. Okay. So, well, guys, I just want to say that I'm sorry for my religious well, ramblings. I don't, I don't think you should apologize. But that is my struggle. My struggle, I think the deep underlying emotion that I have is justice. Yeah, that's good. And love. That's important to know. Because I want justice that's, that's, that's the and value. Compassion. That's not the emotion. That's the value, what you value. I value justice and compassion. Yeah. And when I look at the theology of Christianity... It says it values those, but it only values those for those who do the magic thing and find the magic formula. But for everyone else who doesn't find the magic formula, they don't get any compassion. They get condemnation and damnation. And I can't sit with that. All right. And, so uh... that's where I'm at. I... Uh, yeah, okay, guys, that was so light and joyful, and thank you for listening <laughs> to yes, all yes, our thank you. light, happy discussions. Um, well, it's good. And if you right. have any feedback yeah. for me, you can email me or... Do you want? Should I put your email address out there? You might get some... You yeah, might put get my some, email out there, please. You might get some abuse. I don't care. Okay. Put it out. When should I press stop? You can press stop now. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is been the see where it goes podcast as always you can read the notes to see where it is you want to go in our conversation and skip there absolutely do you have something you want to say before we press stop you have this look on your face like no i'm just thinking okay 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 over and out bye-bye